Welcome to Wide Awake Stories from Insomniac. This is a journey by a journey which along the way will bring to you new color, new dimension, new value, and a new experience. <laughs> Broadcasting from the Insomniac HQ, this is Wide Awake Stories. Welcome to Wide Awake Stories. This is our first episode of 2017. Happy New Year, everyone. Yeah, Happy New Year. We got a full house, too. Monica, out from New York. Hi. Monica, who is on the editorial team, but in our satellite offices in New York... I am the New York office. We had a couple of people hit us up on social media asking, why don't we have any women on the show? Here we go. <laughs> Are you happy? <laughs> Rob, how was your new year? It was pretty damn good, man. I went to Monterey, went to the aquarium, kicked it on the beach. Swam with the fishes? I did, yes. Did you touch a ray? I did not. Sam went to Countdown. Sam, how was Countdown? Countdown was lit. <laughs> <laughs> How lit was it? <laughs> Dave Matthews is also in the house. Dave, how was your new year? It was great. I went to the third installment of Factory 93, Get Real, Claude Von Stroke and Green Velvet. Did an amazing job. We got John Ochoa here. Hello, hello. What did you do for New Year's, John? I did the opposite of all that and did nothing and just hung out in LA and did some museums and saved money. <laughs> Very nice. That's yeah. key. I literally laid low. Building up that 2017 festival budget. I I hate starting the new year tired and... And, and broke. Unenergized and broke specifically. <laughs> this is our fourth episode of Wide Awake Stories. Our first one came out back in October and focused on plur and the meaning of plur and how peace, love, unity, and respect manifest themselves in our uh, electronic music scene. Episode two was dedicated to self-expression. We got a chat with a lot of great people like Dream Walkwell. Who else, Rich? We talked to Bunny from Rabbit in the Moon, our very own director of imagination. And we talked to Lady Casa, who's representing dance music down there on, uh, in, in Miami. And, and is just an amazing costumist and performer and really goes all out for all our shows. Episode three of Wide Awake Stories focused on community. We spoke to Kennedy Jones, who organized a pretty amazing clothing drive with his Never Not crew in downtown LA that we were fortunate to be a part of. I was there. It was pretty rad. John was there too. Yeah. It was Saturday pretty successful, morning. right? It was. We gave out so many clothes and, and everyone there that rolled through was so appreciative. And, and watching Kennedy interact with the people, it was cool. It was overall a great day spent on a Saturday. If you want to go back and check out any of these past episodes, you can search for Wide Awake Stories on the Insomniac Events SoundCloud. You can also search for us on YouTube. Go to the Insomniac Events YouTube channel and, and tune into the episodes of Wide Awake Stories there. You can also find Wide Awake Stories on iTunes and on insomniac.com, which is where we all live and breathe and sleep all day. Yeah. You want to get a hold of us? Hit us up on Twitter and Facebook using the hashtag Wide Awake Stories. You can email us at editorial at insomniac.com. And you can also... You could call us. You can call us. We've got the Wide Awake hotline. Uh, Pasquale uh, left the, our most recent message on there. Uh, call the Wide Awake hotline, 310-818-9406. What's that number, Rich? 310-818-9406. 
call that number, leave us a message, leave us a confession, leave us a shout out. If you have a question for the Night Owl himself, Pasquale Rotella, this line is a direct connection to him. He will hear all the messages. Ask him a question, something you've been dying to find the answer to, and uh, we'll make sure he gets the message. So for our episode today, we're going to take a look back at 2016 and looking forward to 2017. Rich? Yeah, I got a chance to sit down with Pasquale. We had a really great conversation. Um, I think all you East Coast and uh, Bay Area headliners are going to want to hear this interview. He talks a lot about EDC New York in 2017 and our decision to take a little break from that show. He also gave a lot of love to the Bay Area headliners and explained a little bit about uh, our choices uh, in the Bay Area over the last couple of years. And he looked ahead to 2017 and some of the resolutions he has as not just a uh, the head of Insomniac, but as, as a raver. This was an interesting show to put together. I mean, it really makes you step back and kind of look back at 2016 and try to pull out what was interesting, what was bad. And God, there was a lot of stuff on both sides of the fence. It was a really rough year, I think, for people who identify as creative individuals. I mean, we lost David Bowie, we lost Prince, Fife Dog from A Tribe Called Quest, Leonard Cohen, even Gene Wilder, whose turn as Willy Wonka was hugely influential to a lot of people, I think, in the rave scene who live that life of pure imagination. We did lose quite a few electronic music heroes, too, like David Mancuso, um, DJ Spank, the acid rock guy from Chicago. We lost Big Mac out in Florida. He was scheduled to play EDC Orlando this year and died. Colonel Abrams, he was house music before there even was house music. I mean, he set the template for house music in a lot of ways, and he's no longer with us. I mean, unfortunately, I mean, it was a bad year for marginalized people just across the board, right? I mean, the Pulse nightclub. I mean, what happened in Orlando with the Pulse nightclub and then towards the end of the year, what happened up in Oakland uh, at the Ghost Ship Warehouse? Just two very tragic events that really hit home for dance music. So I, I think myself included, I'm definitely looking forward to closing the book on 2016 and, and starting off 2017 on a higher note. With a Trump president. With a Trump president, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Start behind the eight ball. <laughs> we spent some time talking about things that sucked in 2016. And for as much as there was to talk about, there was equally some amazing shit that happened in 2016. Yeah, I agree. I mean... EDC turning 20 and, and reaching that milestone was huge and and really EDC uh, existing as an international brand and, and going to India and going to Brazil and in you know this year in 2017 we'll be going to Tokyo um, being able to expand uh, EDC and bring that experience to all these different cultures and all these different places I think is a is a huge milestone for for insomniac what else made you guys laugh this year? I cracked up when I saw Sven Voth DJ, and I forget what festival it was, but he's oh, sitting there right. watching a football. He got caught watching football. sports. Look, to, to his credit, I think if there's a great sports match on, I'm probably going to find a way to tune in for sure. Uh, that is rich. Of so, some games are critical national championship, World Series. I was really happy to see the return of Paul Van Dyke to the stage after his accident last year. I know a lot of his fans were really nervous about how serious the accident was. So to see him back on stage performing and doing what he does was absolutely amazing. Yeah, he's a big part of the Insomniac family too. I know uh, Dave Ralph over in our talent team and, and, and Paul are really close. So glad that he got back on his feet. I think a lot of us were too were really excited about Factory 93 and, and not just the shows that we did and, and what we've got planned, but really what the success of a show like Factory 93 means for dance music culture. and. 
uh, a love for the underground, a love for a different kind of production, a different kind of environment and experience. And I'm really looking forward to uh, to seeing dance music get deeper in 2016. One of our contributors, Ross Gardner, did a, an op-ed piece for us and his subheadline was one of my favorite quotes of the year was hold your nose everyone we're going back underground <laughs> that's a great quote. <laughs> good quote for sure Dude, ross had quite a few good quotes this year yeah ross ross contributed some great pieces uh search for his name on insomniac.com real thoughtful writer he put together some great op-eds for us and a uh, really great take on dance music and we're, we're lucky to have him on the on the team 2016 was a big year for electronic music breaking into the mainstream you saw DJ Snake and Justin Bieber hitting number one on Billboard. You saw the full-length feature XO on, XO on Netflix. You saw Steve Aoki's documentary on Netflix. Yeah, that was a pretty amazing documentary. If you haven't seen that one, that would highly recommend it to go check that one out for sure. Add that one to your playlist. If you need a little bit of a primer uh, to get caught up on all the crazy things that happened in 2016 with dance music, we got you covered. We've got an article on insomniac.com that breaks down all of 2016 from beginning to end and all the high points and some low points that, that happened to dance music culture along the way. This is Wide Awake Stories. At the end of the year, I always like to take a minute to sit down with Pasquale and reflect on the year that was and talk a little bit about what we've got planned for the following year. So I grabbed a couple of our uh, Wide Awake Stories mics and gate crashed his office and sat down with him for a bit. We had a really nice chat. So check it out. Welcome to Wide Awake Stories. Thank you for having me. It's great to finally have you on the show. Thank you for uh, for approving it and letting us do it. Of course. <laughs> this episode is um, our first episode of 2017. So what I wanted to talk with you about is take a little while to look in the rear view at 2016, not just with Insomniac and, and where we've gone and what we've done and what we've accomplished, but also a little bit at, at the culture. What was your, I guess, what was your favorite thing about 2016 that we were able to accomplish as, as a company and as a culture? The most exciting thing for me when it comes to EDC specifically is the international expansion. For sure. It was so many years in the making, over 20 years in the making, right? That we've been doing this in the States. And Japan was something that we announced at one point that had to pull back on. And in 2016, we got to actually announce a real date, even go on sale for EDC Japan. And the response was amazing. With everything that's going on in the world right now, this feels really good to create events where people are going to come together and also to get people to leave their own city to experience this and also check out other cultures is really amazing and i just love my job that much more you put out your state of the union address not too long ago letting people know kind of what's on the horizon for 2017 there's a couple of questions that have been kind of cropping up a lot of reoccurring questions i think one of the biggest ones uh, has to do with beyond and i think there were a few people that really like sam manuel and the camping aspect but we're bringing back to nas i think a lot of people don't realize nas is where beyond started let's talk a little bit about beyond socal and, and the changes for that in 2017 the reason why we're going back to the NOS Event Center is that nocturnal wonderland that went down Labor Day weekend at the San Manuel Amphitheater was not as smooth as I wanted it to be. And until we work out those details, we're going back home. 
till we're beyond started, which I think is is a great thing to shake things up a little bit. I do love camping as well. I think it's special and it brings people closer together and I love that. But if people are getting harassed that are attending, that's not fun. So I need to make sure that that is as worked out as it can be before before we go back there. And it will be worked out, you know, we're talking. And, you know, I anticipate Nocturnal staying at San Manuel, which is later in the year, but there just wasn't enough time to have those in-depth conversations to make sure that we have a smooth event. And it's about making sure that everyone feels safe that's coming to the show and that it's not disrupted by anything. EDC New York uh, and, and us not having one in 2017 is something that people also expressed regret over. And I, I, you know, you talked about that a little bit in, in your in your address to the people, but I think people want you to dig in a little bit more on that. So EDC New York was really hard for me to pull away from. It was for the entire Insomniac team, especially being that we've worked so hard to get it to where it is. For me, EDC New York 2016 was the best EDC New York that we've had. The vibe was on. I felt it when walking into the tents, when walking up to the stages, it felt really good. There was really nowhere for us to go in 2017. We had done everything we could do at that location. And I didn't want to keep coming back with the same experience. When we have the right tools to go back to the New York area, we will come back and deliver an experience that is unique and special. We are coming back, but we're coming back with new nuances, new stages, new ways of bringing something different when you walk through the gates. We maxed out, I think, where we could go in a parking lot. In Las Vegas, the sun sets. Majority of the event is at night. Yeah. The ground disappears from under your feet, but you could change the whole experience up with lighting and stages and portals and different DJs with music and, and all those important details. In New York, I wanna take a break and see if we can find something better. I don't ever wanna disappoint and I don't wanna be stagnant. And I felt like there was a possibility of that and that this will only open up doors for something better. I wanna stay on the location thing, give a little shout out to our Bay Area people who they wanna know when's Beyond Bay coming back, when are you guys gonna come back and give the Bay Area a little bit more love, so. Beyond Bay is kind of the same scenario, not very different. Great event, people brought great vibes. We brought everything we could. We put our heart and soul into it. I would just say we were getting a lot of sound complaints at that venue and we took the event where it could be taken at that venue and we wanted to switch it up. Like I said, you know, the daytime events are a little bit harder when you're dealing with parking lots. One of my favorite events, EDC Las Vegas. I mean, you could be anywhere in the world, you know, at night with the special effects we have these days that we have access to, the technology, the stages, you know, these big productions we build. We can do a lot, you know, in the middle of the night. I'm committed to trying to find a better venue in the Bay that we can do a special festival at. I just want, I want the best. I want to bring the best. When something's not feeling like it can be all that it can be or it feels maxed out, I want to search further and I, and I, I need some space to be able to do that. The whole team does. And we don't want to not bring the best show we can bring. It's such a hard decision, and I care so much about the people that have supported us. That's why I'm in a hurry to allow ourselves the time to 
to bring something better or just different. They deserve it. So seeing as this is our first show of 2017, the whole team, uh, the editorial team is, is putting together their ravers resolutions for 2017. Pasquale Rotella, what are your 2017 New Year's raver resolutions? Quality over quantity. That's really, really important. You know, we're down to only two EDCs in the United States. That excites me. And what about health? I know that that's something that's been a big deal for you. We've got Juicero machines here at the office. We've been getting snacks and and healthy food and juices and salads. But I know that that's a that's a vibe and that's a that's a practice that you want to extend to the people who come to our shows too. But also logistically, that stuff because of venues and food and beverage is providing healthier food and drink options. Something that's a resolution for for our festivals moving forward. That has been on the agenda every year. It's really hard with these arenas, nightclubs, speedways, concert halls, wherever we are putting on these events, they have these food and beverage deals. And as much as I push and push, it's been a really slow process to get that changed. I'd love to offer people all organic menus, non-GMO foods, Juicero for everyone. (laughs) (laughs) I'm also really excited to get the new Insomniac clothing, merchandise off the ground, It's definitely going to happen. Whole new quality of garments that you've never seen come from us. I have an amazing team that are living and breathing it every day here at the office. And we're going to have the best quality and amazing designs that is going to be unlike anything that we've ever put out. And I'm super excited to see that and put it out to the world. Well, man, thank you so much for being on, on Wide Awake Stories. Hope you, we, you come on again, and I'm really looking forward to 2017. Thank you. I, I liked being on, and I'm happy to come on as often as you guys want me on. <laughs> Just find out what questions people really want to know the answers to, and I'll be happy to come answer them. We will. Wide Awake Stories from Insomniac. I'm really glad that I got a chance to sit down with Pasquale because he put out that State of the Union message and he touched on a few things and a lot of the headliners really wanted a little bit more of an explanation on on New York and and, and the Bay Area. You know, they're, they're, they're big fans and, and they want EDC to roll through their town or, or beyond Wonderland. And uh, I'm glad he got a chance to share those thoughts and, and talk a lot about uh, why we're taking a break from certain cities and how it's really important for him to not just come back year after year just because, but to really come back up the ante and create a different experience that, you know, people really feel worthy of, of putting their hard-earned dollars to. If you missed that State of the Union, you can find it on insomniac.com. Just search for The Journey Continues, um, the big, long article that he wrote and, and kind of broke down a lot about what's happening this year and, and really what's going to be happening in 2017. You're tuned in to Wide Awake Story. And what sort of recap episode would this be if uh, a bunch of people who work for a music company didn't put together a list of their favorite tracks from 2016? Not all of them, but we nerded out on a couple. Definitely nerded out on a few. And it made me realize how much music I need to listen to. I mean, a lot of stuff that I looked at, I was like, oh, that's a great track. Wait, that came out two years ago. That came out five years ago. (laughs) So I I obviously need to have someone send me more current suggestions. (laughs) 
Well, we're looking forward to sharing our list with you. And I think we're going to start off with Monica, all, all the way from New York, ladies first. I was disappointed to see that Justin Bieber's Sorry was actually not 2016, that was 2015, because I was really going to, I was going to go with that one. Um, just kidding. My top picks are all vocal-based tracks, because I'm a singer. First would be Jack Garrett. Do you all know who Jack Garrett is? No, who's Jack Garrett? No. He's a, he's a British dude, and it's not all electronic, and, it's, and I wouldn't necessarily call it electronic dance music, but it sure makes me want to dance. Um, so he had a debut album that came out this year called Phase, and the track Fire from it is just incredible it's uplifting and intense and highly emotional and i always want to dance when i listen to that song i actually will choreograph dance numbers to it in my head and then i saw the video for it and check it out he does it live is it fire he had ha it is fire appropriately <laughs> will you dance first while you play it right I now i will not um <laughs> that's behind the paywall that's that's uh, that's subscription <laughs> subscription content all right well i'm intrigued let's hear it give me your fire Uh, let's see, Animal Collective, my favorite weirdos from Baltimore. They had an album this year, and Floridata is my pick from that. Floridata, if you've heard it, is just also, like, I dare you to try not to dance when you're listening to that song. Super joyful, bouncy. James Blake, I had an album this year, and James Blake is all about the desolate feels. I actually didn't know his his new one was out, but I was in my Bushwick loft, walking down the hall. I hate myself for saying that, but and I had this neighbor who has just impeccable taste in music, and I heard this song through his door, and I shazammed it through his door. And super creeper music. <laughs> And I was like, oh, James Blake has a new one. So that's how I discovered that. Um, yeah, Radio Silence, Dirgy, Lush. If you've just been ghosted by somebody, uh, put this on and you can just wallow in your sorrow. Nice selections. Very, very strong selections. Strong to very strong. Let's see uh, what our music editor has for us. Just so everyone knows, Sam is lovingly referred to as the Oracle uh, on our editorial squad because of his uh, deep depth of musical knowledge. So this is, uh, we're definitely putting him on the spot. So yeah, I was putting my list together and I noticed that uh, it was extremely difficult to land on just three. And when I did... Uh, all three of my selections were a little on the sleepy side. I don't know what that says about me as a person. So my first selection is a dusky cut. Um, Ingrid is a hybrid. Uh, one of my favorite tracks of the year by far, uh, mostly because it's really ref refreshing to see an act like that who's so tied to four on the floor music, breaking away and just trying something uh, completely unconventional. And it really worked out well for them.
number two track is Freak Like Me. Um, you probably heard it if you went out at all in 2016. Everyone and their mother was playing it, uh, including DJ Dixon, uh, who was the person who dropped it the first time I heard it. It was, I think, early summer when it was first picking up traction. Dixon was playing at a party called City Fox, and uh, it was a really recognizable sample that he used, but nobody really knew where it was coming from, and that's because... <laughs> Rob knew. Yeah, Rob always, Rob, you Rob can't Rob hide a sample yeah. from Rob. But yeah, uh, Dixon played in the set and went off and everyone picked up on it. It was a huge track. Does the fact that I don't know that track mean that I desperately need to go out more? Probably. Probably. <laughs> I kind of cheated on my third track, mostly because it was featured on Jamie XX's album from last year, uh, In Color. But Fortet, who was the collaborator on Seesaw, actually released a club version in February, I believe. It was definitely the same vibe as you heard on the album, but um, he programmed the drums a little bit differently and, and played with the arrangement just enough to give it more of a danceable feel. The club version really worked for me because I mean it was uh, a little bit more danceable than the original, but it still had the same like atmosphere and appeal that made me fall in love with the original. That was definitely one of my favorite tracks uh, from last year as well, too. I didn't even know about the remix. I have to get on that. I appreciated the the Freak Like Me mentioned in there. DJ Dion was the original guy. Um, I actually picked a track, too. I, I'm kind of a house and techno disco guy. Um, I appreciate the old school vibes. Um, one of the tracks I picked out had a little bit of an old school vibe going on, too, is Armand Van Helden. God, the last time I saw him play was at EDC this last year, and he had the Upside Down House going off. I mean, it was like the glory days of house music again, and his new album is called Extra Dimensional. It came out a little, I think, a few weeks ago, and one of my favorite tracks off the album is called Osmosis. He sampled uh, Bobby Condor's Nervous Acid, which is a classic track, um, which is why it hooked me from the beginning. Here, check it out. So the Bicep Boys from Belfast had a pretty amazing year. They had a pretty amazing 2015, too, and a pretty amazing 2014. I mean, those guys are just on fire, of course. And they have a new album coming out, 2017, so it looks like they're going to keep on it. Yeah, I feel like every time Bicep releases an original track or a remix, it automatically becomes a strong contender for best of the year. And that was pretty much higher level this year, right? I mean, that song got rinsed and repeated so many times, it's ridiculous. But because everyone knew that, I couldn't pick that song. So I had to pick their edit of... Lovely Day, which is a classic Blaze song. 
Blaze is a production duo from Jersey. They got started in the late 80s, I believe, and had many hits over the years. This particular track came out in 97. Bicep Boys, lovely remix. Check it out. And the last song I selected for my top three, and I don't really know where it falls in my top three, it definitely deserves to be here, whether it's number one or number three, is Voxgrave, and it's a track by Johannes Breck and Christian Promer. Didn't you say that you heard it uh, at Factory recently? I did, and I was gloating. I mean, it, the song is amazing, and it sounds good on any speakers, but when you hear it on a proper warehouse speaker, in the right vibe, in the right setting... Yeah, you just what, can't compare. I mean, that song is... It's crazy how good. The, the cello, the violins. I mean, it's just... It's definitely one of the most original pieces of music I heard this year. Just the layers and how he put everything together. It's not your typical dance floor flatter, that's for sure. This is Wide Awake Stories. Richie Rich. My list uh, is, is super, super basic uh, in comparison to what you guys are throwing out there. I mean, the only bicep boys I know are the two guys that work out at my local gym and just grunt and, you know, <laughs> it's, it's pretty bad. So I'd, I'm going to start with the most basic of the three, which is Radiohead put out a new album called The Moonshaped Pool, and there's a track on there called Burn the Witch, which is super good. I'm, I'm kind of an old school Radiohead fan and, and trying to really be a new school Radiohead fan. And um, not only does that song kind of bridge the gap between older Radiohead and newer Radiohead, but I think that it's a pretty poignant song lyrically, given the sort of environment that we happen to be in right now. So that whole album, but that track in particular, really spoke to me. This is The second tune I picked is, of course, an Underworld track. Uh, they put out a new record this year called Barbara, Barbara, We Face a Shining Future. And I think what I love about uh, Rick and Carl is that they always bend the rules about what electronic music should be. And I, I'm doing air quotes right now, if you can't see. Um, I think it's just Carl's random lyrics and sort of stream of consciousness. And it's it's not it's so hip that it's not hip, or it's, it's not hip enough and it's too hip. It's completely non sequitur and strange and they just make music that makes you feel like you're in a warehouse man and and this new record uh is a really strong record and this is my favorite track because it's got a really pounding drum line and the, of course the lyrics are so wonderful and this was another big tune for, for me for sure definitely on my long commute 
into the office and out of the office having this whole album play um, on the way in and on the way out was was a good one for me make jokes at the beginning but you got some good choices what's your third track here for my third track uh, this is kind of a tough one because i wouldn't say it's one of my favorite tracks of 2016 but it did come out in 2016 and the first time i experienced it was a very uh, special moment for me uh i went to coachella this year with my son and uh the first year we went I kind of was the chaperone and showing him all the different stages and, and leading him around. And uh, this year was the first year that he kind of went out and experienced a lot of stuff on his own. And uh, when I asked him who he wanted to see, he said, oh, I, I can't miss Flume. I can't miss Flume. And at the time, I had, I had heard the name Flume, but I hadn't really listened to any of the music. And so I went with him over to check him out on the outdoor theater and got right up in the front and uh, played a song called Never Be Like You. And... Uh, just kind of seeing him get down uh, and really experience live music for the first time uh, with an artist that he kind of had found and fallen in love with and not someone who I had recommended uh, to him. Uh, that was that was definitely a special moment. I think that elevated that track for me as one of my favorites of 2016 because every time I hear it, I get those vibes back to to seeing, uh, seeing my boy out there on the polo field kind of losing his mind to live music, which is what every every father should 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 wish of their children we didn't have that moment but we watched flume together at life is beautiful and it was pretty special we did oh <laughs> that's right we had a little moment too rob i'm only human can't you see i made i made a mistake please just look me in my face tell me everything's You had your headphones on a lot this year, John. What were you listening to? I was really just blocking you guys out. wasn't listening to anything. <laughs> I get easily distracted, so any any minuscule noise will make me start all over or whatever else. You mean like doing. talking to yourself yeah, and stuff like myself, that? Yeah, talking to myself, reading the same sentence. This guy times. sits here all day long, reads to himself, <laughs> talks to himself. Talk about a distraction. And I'm he's got so his headphones on too, so he's completely oblivious to the world around I'm him. Like, uh, he's reading, and if he looked around, everyone is just like... <laughs> He keeps fired. looking over at him. Is he talking to me? Is he I'm talking working, to me? When I put these three songs together, I realized that they're all intro songs to full albums. And to me, that speaks volumes because an intro song should hook you much like the first sentence of a book. I chose this track, Know Me, from his debut album, Joy Time, because it really nails the whole vibe and tone of the entire package. 
And the funny thing about the track is throughout the song, you hear the voice saying, everybody know me. And the joke is nobody knows who Marshmallow is, even though he revealed himself to be Tiesto this summer at EDC Vegas. Hashtag not true. So for anyone who considers themselves a part of the Mellow Gang, you know this track, Know Me. What I noticed in 2016 is a lot of acts returning with albums. And some of the big names included Wolfgang Gartner, Crystal Castles, Mastercraft. And one of the biggest albums to drop in 2016 was Woman by Justice. Bring the blog house back. On Woman, Safe and Sound kicks off with this operatic soundscape that is the epitome of the Justice sound. If you've been listening to them since the early 2000s, this is really a return to their original big cinematic sound. My top track for 2016 is a song not a lot of people heard. It's called Witchwood, and it's from Canadian producer Dynamo Azari, who is one half of the now defunct group Azarian Third. Now, Azarian Third is by far one of my favorite electronic acts of all time. They broke up some years ago, and in doing so, it broke my heart. But to see Dynamo Azari return with his debut album, Is Strange, this year really gave me hope for the future sound of house music. In it, he explores what the media has been calling gospel house. And in the opening track, Witchwood, he takes you into what he calls the night world. I've always been curious about DMB's uh, DMB's top three. It's hard to pick top three. It's, I don't know if these are my top three. These are these are these are good tracks. These are very good tracks that I like a lot. That kind of represent a larger spectrum of, of music that I listened to this year. And I didn't actually choose an Eric Prince track. Just kidding. I totally chose an Eric Prince track. It's definitely <laughs> <laughs> the first track I have is is Eric Prince Oddity. It has been around for quite a while, probably you know, four or so years at least. How does that make it a 2016 track? It was released in 2016. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes, that's that's kind of his thing. Finally decided to release this as part of the Opus album. I don't know what made him decide to release it this year, but I'm glad he did because it shot up to one of my favorites. It's, it's a eight-minute masterpiece. Can't really say much else. It's it's emotional. It's kind of like a... feels like a symphony. That used to be my nickname in college. The eight-minute masterpiece. <laughs> oh, my God.
Secondly, uh, now that we've gotten the prids over with, I probably, we probably might not even have to play this for Reboot Wheel anyways, because it was literally everywhere this year. But I feel like, but it's everywhere for a good reason. I feel like I have to shout out Inner Bloom because that was just one of the massive tracks of 2016 and by Rufus Dussault, of course. Rufus was one of the biggest success, smash success stories of 2016. They were around before that, but after that song and their recent album came out, then they just blew up so hard and all over the place. And uh, I have to shout out some of the remixes too. I mean, not only the original, but the Sasha had a great remix, Lainey had a great remix, Antem had a great remix, and there are quite a few other ones as well. I think many will argue that Inner Bloom was probably the song of the year. I would argue that. Number three, there was a uh, track by Norwegian producer Lindstrom that I was rinsing quite a bit. Lindstrom, we love Lindstrom. Yes. Monica's giving the I big thumbs Lindstrom. up. <laughs> Monica loves Lindstrom. Um, the track was called Closing Shot, and it's a bouncy synth banger. Even though I don't usually go for that kind of stuff, the, the synthy, like, disco vibey stuff, I don't usually go for that, but I really like this track. Did for most of the year once it came out, I think, in it's a really, really good song. If you want to go a little deeper into what we listen to around Insomniac HQ, you can find us on Spotify, Insomniac Events, and we have a playlist that we rotate out every week called Work and Playlist. And it really highlights uh, the top tracks that we're spinning at the office and things that not just the editorial team are into, but really everyone in the company. It's a pretty eclectic group of... uh music it is it's yeah. a pretty don't expect a, a, a mixed theme kind of seamless type show it bounces all over the place yeah yeah we did we dig deep in the crates if you want to find anything from the last 20 years that's probably where i'll come in <laughs> nothing new nothing new contributed by me all old from basic to subterranean deep we've got it all everything not only will you find work and playlists, but you'll find playlists for each festival and you'll find a big year-end playlist that we compiled. Uh, it's got selections from every single team member and uh, it's a pretty expansive, yeah, I mean, only, extensive list. We were only able to share three tracks with you, but we dug deep and, and put together a really nice playlist. We do it all for you guys, seriously. 
We have a little uh, special surprise for you on this episode. Um, the one and only A-Track uh, was at Insomniac HQ, stopped by for a bit to hang out with Pasquale and have a Juicero conference. And uh, John Ochoa over here, I think, grabbed him and, and threw him in a room with a microphone and, and made him answer a few questions before uh, before he departed. So he's had some pretty illuminating things to say about uh, about 2016 and 2017. Yeah, A-Track had a really massive year. This year saw A-Track releasing a lot of his own original tracks for the first time. And, and he's got a lot on his plate right now. He just released his In The Loop, A Decade Of Remixes compilation, which collects 10 years worth of remixes from A-Track himself, and he's getting ready to celebrate 10 years of Fool's Gold Record next year, so he's keeping pretty busy right now. This is Wide Awake Stories. First question for you is, how would you rate your 2016? Was it good? Was it bad? Was it meh? I would say on a personal level, I enjoyed the year a lot. I spent a lot of time on my turntables, more than I had in recent years, and, and I really enjoyed, it was almost like a return to, to the original craft for me, and that was really fun. Um, you know, on other levels, uh, so many legends died this year, you know, it was like one of those, and politically and everything, it was, it was weird, but personally I, I, had, I had some good, some, uh, some good moments. You, alongside your label, Fool's Gold, have been busy this year, too. Yeah. I did my homework, and it looks like you did some big releases. Obviously, your Night Shift compilation, the Gold Gone Wild tour. Yeah. You had the Fool's Gold nine-year anniversary with Raekwon. Mm-hmm. What have been some of the highlights for you personally and for your label? On the Fool's Gold side, Fool's Gold Day Off, you know, the, our, our, uh, our biggest event that happens in a couple cities now, was great this year. The LA one was probably the best one. You know, I had... um. ASAP Rocky came out during my set as a surprise, and the homie Carmen, Carnage came out too. Uh, it was just a really awesome day, huge crowd, biggest crowd we had in, in all the cities. On the A-Track side, you know, it was interesting because some of my favorite shows really range in scale. You know, like I really loved playing EDC this year, especially because Insomniac asked me to do a turntable set, and I really enjoyed that challenge, and that was part of the fuel for a lot of the new material I came up for my sets this year. But then I also really enjoyed doing a Boiler Room show, um, you know, in New York in August. That was yeah. in front of just a few hundred people. But, you know, the way that that traveled online uh, was great. I mean, even just in the last few weeks, I've been doing these in-stores to promote In The Loop, the compilation album. There might be a moment that's in front of 50 people, but we put on Facebook Live and... and and, and everybody shares it and I get to do certain tricks in my DJing that I, maybe I wouldn't do in front of, you know, five right. or 10,000 people. Yeah. And that ability to switch it up is part of what keeps what I do interesting. You know, like I don't get bored because there's such a wide range of things that I get to do. Speaking of Fool's Gold, this year's lineup was insane. Thanks, yeah. Uh, and, and across the cities, Mac Miller, Pusha T, Migos, Joe Santana, yeah. uh, Hudson Mohawk. It's been running for seven years now. How do you think the day off grew from such a boutique event to what it is today with with a lineup like that? And uh, what do you see in its future? Um, I think it, it, it grew very organically. That's what's cool about it. You know, our audience grew with us. That's the best thing possible, you know? In the earlier years of Fool's Gold Day Off, it was very uncommon to mix up rappers and electronic DJs. Yeah. You know, that became more common in recent years, but, well, you know, the way that we curate it is still special. Um, 
and now it's a bigger event and as far as what's next I, you know I think it's just going to keep growing yeah. I think the generations of the generation of people who go to events now are are into you know this kind of mixed lineup more than ever yeah so for us it's exciting to just keep serving serving it on the plate yeah you know, you prepare that platter absolutely man yeah. you've been on a nostalgic roll for a little bit now you did the blockhouse mix last year yeah you did part two of the blockhouse mix this year but i don't like to call it nostalgic though because nostalgia, nostalgia is like missing the past and like right for me there's always a conversation between the past and the future so like those two blockhouse mixes but first of all i made the first one without thinking about it much i right. just literally came home from the studio one day and that idea was in the back of my head for a while and i was just like let me knock this out right yeah now. um but with a bit more thought it felt like um if anything, like I'm always listening to music as influences for what I'm producing, and like I was going back right. and listening to tra listening to tracks from that Bloghouse era around that time, just for references of what was it that was special? Because a lot of the music that came out more recently started feeling so formulaic. It's yeah. like sometimes you got to go back to eras that were inspired to find those traces of inspiration. So there's a little bit of that, and like I also wanted to expose my newer audience to. A couple tracks that were so good that yeah. came out you know maybe eight years ago maybe, yeah. maybe my newer audience hasn't heard it do you feel like that mix or being in that mindset helped you get into the mentality for in the loop yeah well it was all happening around the same time i was like in the loop is is a compilation that took a year to get out yeah because even just on the legal side like getting the licenses done right. on that track listing of you know 12 songs on the physical 13 on the digital um, that takes it's a lot of lawyer talk yeah um, and then built making that physical package getting the artwork designs you know making the box set getting proofs from the printers da 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 like it, checking paper stocks all that right. stuff takes a while but it, you know uh, it's I think it's worth it and yeah so those bloghouse mixes were made all in you know at the same time as right. those conversations for those who don't know what in the loop is what how can you describe it to someone it's easy it's a compilation of my remixes um and it's called a decade of remixes because the first ones uh were 10 years ago yeah yeah and they're all your remixes yes it's all remixes i made and you know remixing is is uh a big part of my production yeah. output it's yeah. a big part of what people know as my sound yeah so that's why i was uh we put it into a compilation to, to present it 10 years of fool's gold has to be an amazing feeling just to hear that and to like have that hit you, you know, yeah. how does that make you feel to hear a decade of fool's gold um i'm i'm proud i'm i'm, I'm happy i'm even thankful for my friendships you know like i'm thankful that the the people that i that you know the gang of friends that fool's gold started with you know even specifically uh catch dubs nick my you know my, my partner at the label from from day one i'm i'm glad that we still see eye to eye on what we yeah. even want fool's gold to be yeah because there's so much that changed in those 10 years yeah you know there's so much that changed and it's rare to find friends that you know that stay creatively on a compatible path yeah so i'm thankful that's how that. bands break up <laughs> i know man. and then finally uh what do you see happening either for yourself or fool's gold or electronic music in in the future 2017 and any anything in the near future you see changing or developing i mean one of the things i'm most excited about um that i've i have you know we haven't put out the official announcement yet but i can i've been starting to tease a bit um is i'm organizing a dj battle oh. in the spring you know i'm organizing a dj battle and beat battle 
Um, it's called the Goldie Awards, and it's going to take place in New York, and I'll, I'll announce more info soon. But, you know, for me, this comes from a place of, I think it's time to reconnect, you know, the sort of the skillful aspect of DJing with where the music has evolved and where the technology has evolved. There's too much of that that feels like it, it kind of like settled in separate paths. And I know there's a way to connect it. I connected in my sets. I know I have a few friends that know how to do it too. And I know there's a new generation that's going to be able to do it too. So this is a competition where people are going to be allowed to use a lot of different technologies. It's not, it's, it's like, you know, anti restrictions, just pro creativity, pro skills. Um, so there's more on that coming soon. You're tuned in to Wide Awake Stories. Are you sure we're not getting a kickback from Juicero? You guys talk about it a lot. <laughs> it's it's kind of like I think joke. it's written into the wide awake contract that we have to kind of talk up Juicero as Rob is currently sipping on some juice right now. No, it's like a cult. I came back from New York and the vending machine was replaced with a full fridge of Juicero and everyone started talking to me about it and I swear everyone's skin is glowing. It's strange. <laughs> We've all got that beta glow. Yeah. <laughs> If you want to get a hold of Wide Awake Stories, you can hit us up on social media using the hashtag Wide Awake Stories. You can find us on the insomniac.com Facebook channel. You can listen to past episodes on SoundCloud, on YouTube, on MixCloud. And if you want to get a hold of us directly, the quickest and easiest way is to call the hotline bling, uh, the Wide Awake hotline at 310-818-9406. Leave us a message, share your deepest, darkest, innermost secrets. Um, tell us about something you read on insomniac.com that you like, or if you got a question for Pasquale, leave the message there and we'll make sure to get it to him. But really, just leave us your deepest and darkest secrets. We want to know. We'll shout you out in the next episode of Wide Awake Stories. We're completely staffed up, 50 people waiting to connect you guys right now. Call the hotline right now. Operators are standing by. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to episode four of Wide Awake Stories. The first episode of 2017 we will be back with another show in February. Uh, until then, uh, I hope that you stick to your New Year's resolutions. I hope that you haven't broken them already two days later. I have already. Rob already broke them. Yeah, I said I wasn't going to eat as many cookies, and then and then Rob's wife made some amazing cookies, and I couldn't stop eating them. So And here I am smoking. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Oh, we'll help you quit, Rob. Happy 2017. Happy 2017, Happy everybody. Happy everybody.